FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 422 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. I'm your host, Jason, and once again, we have the Scalabros, Dan and Georgie, back to talk about some post Ten of Swords Dawn of X in the episode titled In Space. No one can hear you drop a deuce. <laughs> I have surprisingly less S words to say about these issues now that the event <laughs> is over. But you did say surprise, so you kind of just uh, unproved your point. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, how you guys doing? How's everyone hanging in there? Not too bad. Good. Jordan, you doing good? Still here, still here, still here. Yep. (laughs) All right, well, uh, we have a good uh, stack of books to get through, so we'll probably institute a little bit of a speed round today just to make sure we have time to to cover everything. And I also will apologize in advance, um, have a little bit of a cough. When I record by myself, it's really easy to edit those out. But when we're talking with other people, <laughs> you know, sometimes I cough while other people are talking. So some of that may stay in because I don't want to delete any of the wise words of these lovely gentlemen. So, um, so listeners, I apologize if you hear some coughing in the background at any point. It's just me slowly dying. <laughs> just kidding. I probably we're, shouldn't we're, talk about We're that. making plans to take over the podcast. Or right. Gonna... Yeah, <laughs> we're in your will, right? Like you're leaving the podcast to us, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. Wow. Uh, it's going to be like a podcast trust. Uh, Grant will be the uh, the <laughs> the overseer, but you guys will run it. <laughs> awesome. Or something like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll just hold it until your sons are old enough to take over. Right. Because <laughs> I'm sure they'll want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, you guys want to go ahead and jump in the books? Sure. All right. Well, we got got a lot. We're going to start and not quite. We almost bookend this show with Sword. There'll be uh, one book after the second issue. But, um, yeah, we'll start with Sword number one, the new series after Ten of Swords. Still has Sword in it. Of course it does. Why wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Everything's about Swords now. Right. Yep, yep. All right, well, Dan, I think this one is on you. So, Sod issue one, I've dubbed it Tour of the Peak. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, written by Al Ewing, um, uh, uh, by Valerio. Um, I want to say, is that a silent S? Um, Shitey? I, bl- I believe it's Skitty, but I won't swear to that. That's fine. Um, color artist uh, Marty Garcia, lower species Ariana Mayer, and Tom Yudos in design. And our front cover is basically the team in all of its um, of sci-fi, old-school Star Wars poster glory. How do you all feel about the cover of Sword? Uh, the cover is fine. I like Scooby's art, so um, it's all nicely rendered. I don't know if there's really a whole lot to it we got some uh star wars or sorry some star trek uh abrams lens flares on it oh, yeah. uh, which by the way i watched that on tv the other night so 
when that movie first came out and everyone's like constantly bitching about that, I was like, ah, it didn't really bother me that much. I saw it on TV the other night. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is giving me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've come around on the lens, lens flare criticism. But anyway, um, yeah, what do you think of the cover, Georgie? Cover's all right. I mean, the characters look fine. Um, I, I, I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about the logo. I sure like it. Yeah. <laughs> nice green. I want to know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in the Dawn of X uh, style contextually, so I think totally. Yeah, done with it. So, <clears throat> as we're supposed to do in quick rundowns, I'm going to do a really <laughs> quick rundown. So, sure. uh, basically, Daddy comes and inspects his, inspects the project that he's had started. Daddy being Magneto, Abigail Brand quips her way in through the entire issue, um, marvelously so. Whisked is MVP. We get to see every single aspect of S.W.O.R.D., which has been separated into different departments, as I, I've dubbed them the departments of lost mutants and forgotten. <laughs> mm. um, we get to see, um, essentially, Magneto flex as he moves the peak into geosynchronous orbit of Kokoa. Um, we have the idea of um, a mutant space program, mutant technology, and the this this concept of the six, which is not the five, but it all comes from the fastball special. Uh, <laughs> so two mutants combining their powers to create a future. Obviously, with the five, they make resurrection. The six are a retrieval unit, and in this issue, they retrieve a cosmic pyramid and break some cosmic laws retrieving this pyramid and everyone's like this is the future now boys and that's basically the issue um we have little little nice little moments here and there we have uh wanda being hushed like voldemort um every time you see <laughs> yeah <laughs> and obviously we have the uh we have a school on board as an ambassador as an ambassador to the creaseball empire having a nod to the whole um empire crossover um it's nice to see frenzy all the costumes are astonishingly great yes they are um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love the color coding it's very star trek i like it um <laughs> and um it's nice to see vavian cortez uh the creep being uh treated like a, a douche by magneto and then people getting all the love in the world from magneto which is such a weird thing and beautiful thing to see um and that's basically it that is literally the issue one it's a tour it's setting up the scene they do this magical thing with all their teleporters and such forth. They show off the six to Magneto. He's like, oh, money well spent. Um, the end. And that's it. Yeah. So um, I recently in the flashback episodes covered Infinity War. And at the end of that, and I haven't read Crusade yet. So maybe this, maybe I'm just not answering my own question because I'm not, not well versed enough. But at the end of Infinity War, you know, they had the cosmic cube, but they find out there's like six other cosmic shapes. Is this pyramid supposed to be like that, or do you think it's a brand new concept? Ooh, it might be. I never even thought about that. It could be that. That makes more sense. It could just be a brand new thing. Okay. It just seems like mutants are just like, oh, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> right? <laughs> I just love it. It's, it's like <clears throat> we started off with powers of S, uh, X and uh, House of X, and it was like, oh, we're branching out into like ideas no one's ever thought of before with the X-Men. And then we had the Dawn of X books, and some you know, books went with that, and some just like didn't do anything with the concept. And I love that this book's like, no, 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 no. 
we're 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 branching out beyond our limits here, and this book is all about like exploring what we can do now. And I thought it was super interesting and uh, engrossing and and just gorgeous. I I was just I fell in love with this book. I I agree. Um, it's very much um, the art is beautiful. Yes, uh, but the, the colors especially. Yes. So stunning. Like the peak is fully realized. All of the characters, like I have never, Frenzy has never looked so good as in the, these pages. Like she looks astonishing. She looks like she's in charge of. I, I love the fact that she's the ambassador and she's totally in charge of her, like um, her power as a person. She looks mm-hmm. like she can out by just winning in her giant uh, trench coat. I think um, it's a nice nod to give um, Whiskid the Xavier Will um, Hover Chair from the 90s. Yeah, uh, I, just, I think I think all of the visual aids and like, even though the crazy psychedelic energy blasts at the end all sort of work in this whole um, universe. And on top of that, it, it, it feels like an expansion on Ewing's Ultimates book where he's yeah. oh, right, right. Big, big with concepts. But it also feels like it's kind of like his might. Is it Ewing that did like a uh, was it New Avengers? Like he did a New Avengers book, uh, which had Hulkling and Wicking and such forth. I believe it was him where it was more personal and had a lot more personal stakes. I feel like he's married the two con- the two like mm-hmm. sort of concepts together to create a, quite an interesting whole. And it is such a beautiful thing. And it's such a because I'm reading his um, Hulk in Mortal Hulk at the moment, um, and it's such a really beautiful thing to see that the fact that you can do like full on horror, high concept horror, and then do high concept sci fi mm-hmm. at the same time still have everyone being like brand feels like abigail brand right like right and i love the fact that she's like you're not in charge of me you're just the person at the deepest pockets (laughs) there's a huge cast here and i never feel like they're speaking in each other's voice they all they all feel distinct it's nice yeah no ewing's a very competent writer and yeah i will say comparing this to to hulk i have not been as big a fan as some of Bennett's art, but seeing him, seeing Ewing's writing with Skitty's art is just a treasure. Like I, it melds so well. It really brings his writing to life. Um, I, yeah, I like this quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, it, it's up there as one of the, and also I think it's really new reader friendly. Like um, Ian's not on the podcast at the moment, but he read it and um, none of the concepts or ideas or anything were above, like he, he felt like he could just because he never read um, X, X, of, uh, X of Swords. He never read any of it. Um, so he just feels that like this is just like a new start for some X-Men team, like a new yeah. X-Men rather than it, it doesn't feel like it spirals out of anything else. Mm-hmm. In fact, ignore much like all the books we'll talk about. It kind of ignores mostly what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think well, it, it feels I, more connected to Empire than it does Ten of Swords. Sure. It, it, it feels like it feels like it's a logical step that um, they should have uh, a space program, mm-hmm. and it's nice. That, and I forgot that Abigail Brand is a mutant. Like I forgot that um, Manifold is a mutant. I forget half of these characters. And like I was like, oh shit, yeah, they are actually mutants, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> On a personal but, note, I was super happy that we have Blink back in a book, and seeing that she's going to be in the uh, Nightcrawler book as well, it's like. Uh, just just brings a little bit of joy to my heart. Yeah. I know how you feel. It's nice to it's nice to see the um I like the um little bits where it was like the if if they were missing a member they had backup um oh, right. um which I thought was nice. Like the teleporters they had nightcrawler or magic on standby just in case they needed another. 
because like the whole the whole mechanism makes more sense like it's a really great idea with like having armor as the protective shield and such mm-hmm. far but yeah well, it was I, just... love, I love seeing armor has something to do she's yeah. <laughs> a favorite of mine from that generation of of x-men sure. so and uh it was nice to see her outside of Brisson's um clutches mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i suppose is the best part but no for me this is like six out of six full-on i'm there I'm there. I'm, I'm there for the long one. Yeah. Uh, uh, before we get too far, I do want to. It's a silly thing, but I really enjoyed on the title page that the boxes were color coded to match the story. Oh yes. Um, I thought that was really cool and interesting and simple, but just effective. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to go a very high five out of six. I think it wet my appetite for what I hope to get out of the book. Um, and I think we'll probably see some sixes in the future, but I wasn't quite all the way there yet, but right? I anticipate that I will be. I, um, I, I don't like to give a six out to a first issue. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's, I don't know. You got to earn a little bit more, but this, this one, I might have to give it a six. Just like yeah. it really scratched all the itches. Like, especially after X of swords was like fight, fight, sword, sword, uh, dumb, 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 dumb. This was like, hey, what if we actually used a brain for a minute? And it was really refreshing. And maybe just because uh, it was a, a smart book, I'm going to bump it up to a six. Sure. I think that's totally fair. So I think we all agree a great uh, launch issue for, yeah. for Sword. All right. Well, Georgie, I think you're next for Marauder 16. <clears throat> okay, one second. Man. Okay, Marauder 16. I should have wrote down the creatives in my um, summary here. Uh, writer, Jerry Duggan. Uh, artist, Stefano Caselli. Colors, Edgar Delgado. Letters, VCs, Corey Pettit. Design, mm-hmm. Tom Muller. And cover by Russell Dodderman and Matthew Wilson. And our cover is just stunning Emma and Kate stomping all over Sebastian Shaw as he's bloodied <laughs> on the floor. Um, I, I really love like the shadow work uh, yes. against the wall as well. Uh, it looks very simple, but it's, it's like sort of graphic and bloody. Uh, it's just a great Dodderman cover. What do you guys think? Yep, this is amazing. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, in this issue, oh, did you have more to say, Dan? Sorry. He should be doing a book. He should be. T- he should just take over Marauders as the main. Yeah, artist. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I mean, if we kept, if Lolly was able to hang on to the book more, I'd be cool with it. But Sally's not really my my jam. Um, Marta 16, Kate and Emma discuss a private matter where Sebastian and Shaw gets hit in the privates, repeatedly. Uh, <laughs> Sebastian tries to kill himself to escape, just like I did when I saw the glob was in this book. Uh, <laughs> Sebastian gets a black eye while losing the other, he's poisoned, and when the Quiet Council asks him to show them on a doll where the bad women touched him, he declines. Uh, a good time is had by all except for my eyes. Uh, the artwork is serviceable at best. I sorely miss Lolly. Uh, what did you guys think of the book? Um, it's funny. Like, it, it generally is. It made me laugh. Especially the glob moment where Kitty just comes out and drags him back in. I just, mm-hmm. yeah. it just made me smile. It's, there's something bizarrely joyous and cathartic seeing someone like Sebastian Shaw get their ass kicked by people he abuses and kills. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's really well put together emotionally. I actually really like the art. I, yeah, I did it, too. 
it really it reminds me a lot of his early work on uh, Avengers Academy, which was a nice sort of meshing of sort of like a I don't want to say emo, but there's quite a lot of like dark um, pencil lines around eyes and hairstyles to give like a more of a expression to people's faces. And I really think that visually, some of the panels don't work. I think the beginning half of the five, first five pages don't look as well as they do when they go inside. Because um, he draws yeah. backgrounds really well. He does draw backgrounds well, which is obviously a plus. Um, and I think visually it's really good. And I, I, I thought it was uh, fun to see him get his couple of, I can't even say the word, come up at, there we go. <laughs> it was fun and, and very satisfying next step. Anyway, uh, Kate's plot, um, you know, after her, you know, seeming death and then coming back. And Shaw even tries to, like, rationalize it. Like, hey, if I hadn't killed you, we wouldn't have found out that you're a real mutant and can be resurrected or why you weren't getting through the gates and stuff. So, really, you should be thanking me. And they're like, yeah, I will thank you. And Lockheed takes his eyeball. So, <laughs> like, it was just something really, really just satisfying to how this played out. And then how they how she pops an eye patch on him, and then just they will him into the council, and he's like, "Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am." Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's really really great. Um, and Doug's kind of frowning, <laughs> like like he's the one's like, "I don't know if I like this." And everyone else is like, "Oh, it's funny." Um, just I don't know. I I thought it was a really nice emotional beat in a book that continues to just be um, excellent. Yeah, no, I, story-wise, I loved it. It was fun, it was funny. Uh, you know, a nice little revenge plot can be enjoyable. Uh, there are moments like uh, when they do wheel him into the Quiet Council and and uh, they get to vote and everyone, uh, like, Sinister's like, hell yes! And uh, Mystique's <laughs> like, ha, no! And I just I just love the little character moments here. Uh, it was a fun issue. I just, I'm not as high on Caselli as you guys are. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's okay, it's okay to be wrong, it's fine. <laughs> I'm glad you can admit that, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys want to vote on this one? Um, this is one of my favorite issues that we talked about today, so I'm, I'm going to go six out of six on this one. Oh. See, it, it could be the post um, sort, of, sort of X high, but I'm also giving it a six out of six because like, it's not sort of X, so it gets a plus one for that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the artwork holds it back for me. I'll, I'll give it a four out of six. I, I okay. enjoyed the issue. It's just like, uh, I don't know, Caselli's just, I, I, especially those first couple pages, like, like I think Dan or Jason, I don't remember which one of you mentioned it, but it was really kind of vague and sloppy. Um, I, I don't really like how we draw Storm either. So um, I will but, say, since this has come up on this book before, Storm's coloring was much better. Mm-hmm. True. Alrighty then. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, we went through that one pretty quick. Um, let me. So next up will be New Mutants number fourteen. Uh, Welcome to the Wild Hunt. Uh, let me get to the creative page. This is Synergy or, or Welcome to the Wild Hunt, uh, written by Vita Ayala. I, I, I hope I'm saying their name right. Uh, art by Rod Race. Rice, Reyes, Reyes. <laughs> I don't know anyone's name today. Um, letters by Mises, Travis Lanham, and designed by Tom Mueller. And then Rod Rice does the cover. Um, it's a pretty good cover. I think just me personally, 
seeing Warpath and Moonstar and Gabby, uh, just like that's really and really what wouldn't matter what else was there right now. And I was very excited to see those guys on the cover. Um, it was pretty much just a team shot, like on a branch, uh, with a little homemade sign that says "Welcome to the Wild Hunt." What do you guys think of the cover? I, I really like it. I also appreciate the fact that Will Spain kind of looks like the actress that plays him in the film. Yeah, um, she does look nice. like Maisie Williams. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was quite nice, and I love Ma- Magic looks amazing. And yeah, so with her black eye. Yeah, I just I thought it was really cool. Um, so yeah, I mean it's, it's a race cover. It's hard not to. I mean, right. even like half his half-assed work is probably still. Mike, <laughs> uh, well, like, quibble with quibble problem with this uh, and it's not necessarily with the cover it's just i i don't like wolfsbane being drawn as like a 14 year old uh like especially after you know we're reading her in x factor where she's uh a, a much more I, I would say like emotionally stable but she's a more mature person uh physically at least and, well, and here she's like a 14 year old girl who i don't know looks like she just well, just, but just, she just has also been recently resurrected, right? Because she died in that horrible Rosenberg story. Yeah, so that what they they gave her back her fourteen year old body. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that was in her will or her resurrection will. I don't know. Yeah. It is I mean, an odd not, choice. Not a, but... Yeah, it's it's not necessarily something I can vault against this book since like or the creators on this book because they didn't start with, with, with Wolfsbane, but it's right. just a little little problem I have. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, well, in this book, we start with background for the Shadow King. Um, and know about his village and his market and losing his father. And so, guys, I have a question. So, my most recent Shadow King exposure was from the very, very wonderful show Legion. Nice. And in that show, is definitely portrayed that uh, Amuk Farak, Farouk, encountered the Shadow King. He had powers and they kind of merged to become like the Shadow King. Now I thought in the is that that way or always been that way in the comics that they were separate entities or was the Shadow King just his mutation originally? Or what do y'all remember? I couldn't remember. I feel like this is a retcon, like another retcon on top of another retcon on top of <laughs> yeah. one I generally thought he was just a, he was just a dude. Um, that was evil, and then right. that, Xavier did something to him, and then he just lived on the astral plane. Right, psychic, psychic dude. But then he's like, like there was that thing where he was like a spider person. <laughs> right. Oh, let's not bring up. Was that extraordinary X Men or what was that? No, oh, that was uh, astonishing. Astonishing relaunch. Yeah. I feel like this is just a let's just ignore everything that's ever happened and start again. <laughs> <laughs> It's a much more succinct, a much more succinct backstory for him. It's very clean. It's very precise. It, it, for me, because it's because he is a convoluted character, much like Strife or Cable. Um, right. And so I need, need um, a shout out to the things we've recently talked about. Um, so it's nice to have like a, a succinct. This is this is the villain. That ignore all of his history. This is what. <laughs> it's, this is it now. This is all we need. <laughs> right. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, Jason, there is a, an idea that a lot of these comics sort of retcon to uh, adhere to what the most recent like other media has been. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they did this just because of the show. Um, and the show is like a very unique timeline. You know, is that right. really connected to the X-Men that much? 
Uh, but it's it's fa- fantastic if you ever want to watch like a trippy X Men oh, show. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. one of my favorite shows. Yeah, I you know I, I, several shows I really love on FX right now. But um yeah, that's, um, that's another one. Uh, Fargo. I really I haven't started the latest season yet. We haven't. It's backed up on our DVR. But um the previous seasons I liked quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So um basically the the idea of this book is that the mutants are gonna kind of come back together, get the band back together to train uh, other kids. They fe- uh, Kind of the premise is that, hey, if we don't have some kind of like training or something, these kids are going to get bored and like vandalize Krakoa or something or, or you know, start smoking or whatever whatever kids do when they have nothing to do. Um, and then we have a, a quaint conversation between uh, Danny and Jean um, about, you know, her nightmares and I'm guessing that's going to probably connect back to the story somehow. I don't know. There's a face that she recognizes but doesn't recognize. I'm assuming we'll figure out who that is at some point in the story. Um, he's almost got like ancestral like samurai garb on. So I don't know. That's supposed to be like her uncle maybe? Uh, anyway, uh, we get some more Ileana coffee jokes. Uh, she's kind of unintentionally insensitive and Wolf's Bane kind of straightens her out. Warpath shows up in his gym coach clothes, which is awesome. And then we get a training session with Ken, some of whom I remember, some of whom I don't. I was really happy to see Gabby. I'm bummed that they're keeping Scout over Honey Badger, but, you know, I can't complain too much. Um, But they're basically teamed up against each other. There's some lovely artwork as they kind of fight through stuff. And then they're told what a good job they did. Then we get a versus between the teachers. And they show how they combine their powers. Powers combined to do all these cool superpowers. Like Wolfsbane jumping in a magic uh, teledisc as one wolf. And coming out as a new multiple wolf power. Or Warpath and Warlock becoming Pathlock. Like the big mecha armor. And so they all the kids are like, whoa, cool. And then we get a really, like, nice emotional beat. With, and I'm glad that Gabby's the one that tackles this question. Um, kind of a spin on what we saw at the end of that Hellions issue, right, where Havoc is really upset because they won't resurrect Madeline. Right. And Gabby's like, well, what if I die because I'm a clone and I've heard that people aren't resurrecting all the clones? And Maddie's like, oh, it's fine. You're different. <laughs> and she's like, well... <laughs> I feel like you're not really answering my question and, and why well, I appreciate that you would want to resurrect me. I, you don't control that. And, and just very like, and Rod Rice or Rod Ray is doing her facial expressions. And that whole conversation is just lovely, especially like the, I guess panel looks fantastic. Um, and then some of the kids go off and meet the shadow King who I guess is is the impression y'all got that he's knowingly on Krakoa and has secluded himself, or he's like not supposed to be there? What impression did y'all get? I have the impression he's not supposed to be there. Okay. Like they, they, it feels like a fairy tale. They wandered into the woods and met like a an evil witch or an ogre who who lives out there who's trying to to trick them. Is is the feeling I've got? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because he asks them to inform him of all the stuff that's going on. So. Right. Okay. Like you. Because obviously he's gonna, he may have been invited, but he could be like saber too, too dangerous to be a part of the island. Right. But all right. Well, 
I thought the book was lovely to look at, fun, had a couple of pretty interesting, like, emotional beats that really worked for me. So overall, I, I, I'm not going to declare immediately that uh, Vita has come and saved this book, but I'm, you know, I'm ready to see that they might. I, I said this all over Twitter, but I was so happy to be able to like enjoy New Mutants book again uh, right. <laughs> after she took over. Um, I I really enjoyed this book. I think Reyes just knocks it out of the park. There's a that great like full page splash where Gabby's swinging uh, in the center. Uh, there's just so many amazing panels and visual jokes and and heart and it. it uh, people had distinct voices and uh, it felt like they were treating the characters respectfully. Like I, I really uh, was happy to see sort of a return to form for this book. It is lovely. I love the fact that um, Warlock speaks in emojis. Um, yeah, that's yeah. nice. <laughs> and I, I just love the the whole like the whole thing with the cat, where it's like bad luck beast, and everyone seems <laughs> to be distinct. And uh, like, yeah, he's channeling all of the best New Mutant art, art like you know, what I mean, he's like hitting all of those classical um, sort of visual cues from the series. And I, I feel like the bold colors, the color choices in places. And using the Shadow King as 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 the book's main villain, maybe may give the book a, a um, sort of a purpose outside of sure. every, and and give it a good a good decent weighty villain for them to do. My only qual my only my, my only um qualm is um how like we talked about how old uh, Wolfsbane is, but I'm always like, why does Noel always have to be in trouble all the time? <laughs> it's, like, it's always him. Why can't he have like a break? It's just you know what I mean. But yeah, um, sure. he does but, look awesome though. He looks great. He does, and I I like the fact that um they because they the books continue to use a lot of um characters that are like. Just been put like the sword uses a lot of characters that have been put in a bin for years, and it was nice to see that someone, dare, someone outside of Hickman, dares use one of the um Boo Baker X Men that that came with Vulcan. The 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 woman on the 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 woman is basically that uh, Teen Titans girl. Um, oh Cap. yeah, okay, I can't yeah. remember who that was. Um, thank you for reminding me. But it does look it does look fantastic, um, and it was really fun. So. Where is uh where is Rainboy from? I don't I don't know. Okay, so possibly a new character. Okay. Cuz I thought that the girl with um the the girl um that's half sort of like a bit mutated. I I uh-huh. I, I think she she's from Brisons. Yes. Like, yeah, like the last story. Yeah. yeah. But um I feel like all these books are like an apology to for to the readers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sticking around. We're sorry. Right. Well, I think even if you like Ten of Swords, all these books are for sure, if not an apology. I mean, maybe a little cynical for those those who enjoyed the event, but it is definitely a hey, here's where we're going next. Like here's here's our first steps towards our next plot lines and stories and directions that the books are all going to go. And I feel like you know all the books kind of came out of the event with a pretty strong purpose. Yeah, um, for sure. Even, you know, even Excalibur, which we're not going to talk about, that felt like it had the most, like, linear, <laughs> um, like, this is what the characters are going to do than the book has since it started. So um, I feel like everyone's kind of taking advantage of coming out of the event with a kind of 
jumping on point, whatever you want to call it, new direction. And and this book definitely feels like a, a completely different tone from what Brisson was doing and just feels a lot more natural to what the new mutant book should be. Um, I really enjoyed it. And we're, we're running over on this one. Um, I'm going to give it five out of six claws. Wonderful art, pretty good to great storytelling. Um, and yeah, five, five out of six for me. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think five or six is uh, a decent, it, it deserves it. Yeah, totally. Five out of six. Great start. Uh, we had read some uh, Vidayala books before, and we weren't sure how, how this was going to go, but I'm, I'm happily, not surprised, I'm just really happy with the, the result of the first issue and, and optimistic about where this book's going. Yeah. All right. Uh, I forget which one of you has X-Men 16. That is Dan. Yeah. All right. Ah, uh, X-Men 16. Um, I just need to get the... I was all prepared, and then I was looking at the other. <laughs> um... So, X-Men 16, written by, uh, obviously, Jonathan Hickman. Could you imagine if someone else has taken over? Anyway. Um, <laughs> Brisson is taking over. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and that dropped all of the X-Books. Anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> Phil Noto on art. Uh, VCs, uh, Clayton Cowles on Lara, and obviously, Tommy on design. We have uh, Francis Yu and Sonny Go on cover, and it is just um, Cyclops uh, feeling his best self while... Um, <laughs> oh, Bukoa is just looking at him um, in the Quiet Council. It's a nice, it's sort of a nice pet pinup post that you'd get in like the late, early, early 90s, maybe. But sure. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> essentially, Cyclops and his kids watch um, Kukoa and Arako uh, try to unify, but there's performance issues, of course. <laughs> uh, Doug, Doug steps in and by way of Ents, they have a sit-down. Uh, Doug reports back to the council that nothing's going to happen. They don't understand, The two islands don't understand each other, so they don't even want to be with each other. So what was the point? Magneto also points out what was the right. point. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and then after, after everyone talks about what was the point of the event, then they remember that there's like 20 times as many mutants on, on the island. And even Nightcrawler's like, oh, you just can't remember anyone if you can't put a, put a face to a name. Um, and then, <laughs> then Xavier and Magneto bring one of the flowers, the Krakoan flowers, to Iska. Iska, is it? Yes. Um, and she's like laughs in her face and is then really stubborn and arrogant and angry and is basically like, "This is an island of swords. We don't, we don't do peace." <laughs> and walks away. Um, inevitably going to be a member of the council. Um, Arako has a, and we find out that Arako doesn't have a um, council, it has a great ring, which is a euphemism, I assume, for something. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> then, then, we cut to, then we cut to what Hickman seems to be more interested in, which is uh, Magneto and Xavier talk to Scott and Jean and ask them to come back on the council. But Jean has got like, no, we have plans. We're going we're gonna to throw out the rules and make a game changer. We're going to have an X-Men team for the people, voted by the people, and it's going to be every year, and we're also going to have a gala, because we're like the Avengers now, so we're going to reveal our lineup to the world in a press conference gala, and then we end with a, a picture I have not seen in a long time, which is a, um, Cyclops's, um resistance picture. Is uh-huh. that same one that Stuart Immerman drew in all new, um, in Uncanny? Or, or uh, not? I don't know. It might be. That's um, but it's not no I don't think. No, um, def- I don't think it's Noto. It could be the Bacalo one as well, because they they both Immun and Bacalo 
um, did that picture. Um, yeah. But it's hard to tell. It's, but yes, everyone's allowed to vote, and you can vote. And every house on Kokoa, like a um, like a like a drag queen house association, is um, going to go out and perform to the stage, and people are, are going to vote for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's kind of cool and interesting. The Quiet Council does not get a vote in and of itself. It's supposed to already represent the people, so the people mm-hmm. don't get to like, they don't get to double dip. So I thought that was kind of cool. I love the idea that this might mean that there are years uh, in the plans of of this like line of Xbox. Like, uh, are they going to have multiple years of elections and new teams like every year? Hickman's like, all right, I want to focus this year on these characters, and next year I want to focus on these characters. I think. I was very optimistic that this might mean, you know, we we have plans in the works, and and I can feel sort of safe and, and stable that Hickman's going to be, you know, uh, piloting the ship here for a while. See, my problem with right, so this is not my favorite X Men issue. Um, ironically, the sort of sort of X X Men issue where Cyclops is like this business, let's go be heroes, <laughs> um, was that was a great issue, and it's clear that. It almost feels like this is a rejection of what has just happened. Like much like the, the, yeah. the islands reject each other, it feels like uh, Hickman's rejecting that plan, and uh, just for start, like just for drama to make it seem worthwhile. Like it was just too simple for them to like get together, and it was too simple for Ishka to be like, "Yeah, all the mutants are fine." You know what I mean? There was like, there's no real resolution yet to that story, and then right at the end, it's like, "Oh, this is the more important plot point because this is the more exciting idea and conceptual like sort of where I want to go ne- next." And I feel like um, Noto's art on this book, as opposed to another book we're about to talk about, isn't as strong. I feel really? like, yeah, I just, I just think the color, I feel like the color work is really pale, and like sort of, it's, it sucks the, sucks the feeling and emotion out of it because it's a, it's a Talking Heads issue. Let's be fair, and and, and he reuses a lot of heads. Yes, a lot of yeah. I was gonna say it's a lot of like same. There's, there's a Doug panel that's in here like six times. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, we'll see in his cable issue that he reuses um, Rachel's head um, a few times as well, but just cuts it in different aspects. And I don't I think it's totally fine because of a busy schedule, but I just feel like this, it doesn't really um, show there are, like any of the emotional state. It's just that apart from there's like two panels where I think Xavier smiles. When he's like, I can't come like ch- change your mind uh, to Scott and Jean. Um, but some a lot, a lot of it, and like I feel like uh, Kokoa and um, Arako being giant tree people is just a bit of a messy visual. Because I'll be honest with you, Kokoa can look messy um, when people are drawing it. So it, sometimes it bugs me because I'm like, is it just? Sorry, I don't know, it's just trees. But um, I thought it was an okay issue, but it had a promise, which bumps bumps it up a bit more. So I felt like the artwork here is better than Cable. Uh, there was a lot of like missing detail in the Cable book when we get to it. Uh, it. It felt like he was really rushed. We're here. Maybe there's some similar panels, but uh, I think the, the detail is, is superb. Uh, I didn't really have any issues with the, the colors here. I, I thought Iska looked like super amazing. Uh, yeah. it's, it's the character from that side of the story that I, I always felt was just like a, a gorgeous design. Uh, you know, say what you want about the characterization. I just think it looks gorgeous. She looks gorgeous. Um, yeah, I didn't really have a problem with the art. I don't like Iska. She looks like a like like a He-Man villain when they run out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think she's. I quite. I think she, I find her visually and characterized bland. 
and then and especially when she changed her colors because she's changed sides i was like mm. but then i found a lot of the characters from that event a lot of the villains visually bland like that not not many of them like jumped out but that's maybe me what did you guys think about like is 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 Hickman like uh, commenting on the previous event? Is he saying, "Hey, that was that one me. Uh, I didn't like that either." Like, or is or is or is this like the X Men are his immediate plans and the reunite reuniting of the uh, islands more of a long term thing for him? I, I think just based on what he said, um, probably more option B. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it could be that he's like trying to reshape the outcome of the event is definitely a possibility. I, I feel like he he, he he needs another book. Um, because I think he wants to tell one story, but he's also trying to make this long. Because he, he, he seeded Araco in like early issues of X-Men. So yeah, he, yeah. Talk, he obviously wants to talk about it. So I feel like he wants, he wants to talk about it, but I feel like there's, there's like a fight going on with two these two plots like they are so clean like it's like this part has ended cut now we're here and there's like uh-huh. such a massive like swing around that i feel like he wants to do the x-men first um and then be like oh we'll do the island later so maybe we'll get another x book that's released that's about the reunification maybe or possibly or maybe an event down the road um i don't remember which one you said it but i'm intrigued and the empty chair on the quiet council might be an uh, Arico mutant. Um, you know, either Isco uh, or Bay. I think I think that's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Definitely going to be one of them. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so heavily. Um, if it isn't, I'll I'll, I'll give you both um, ten English pence, um, so, which isn't much, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it feels so heavily handed uh, in, the, in the sense of uh, she's so... It has to be Ishka because she's so um, above leadership and above, like, ruling and above all this. So it has to be her. There's no that, other way. That she's, would make more sense than Bay. Bay feels like such a wasted character to me. <laughs> Not like a wa- I don't I even think there was potential of that character. It just feels like nonsense. Also, visually, I find her quite visually problematic. Like, is she supposed to sort of represent sort of Native America? I, I, I don't know. Just, it, it, she seems always oh, Aztec. I, it's, it's, I don't know. Well, Jason, we, I feel like we, 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 we really ran roughshod over you. <laughs> like, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, what what did you think of the book? Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I think there's some interesting elements. You know, I don't normally have this to say about Hickman, but I... I think maybe building off what Dan was saying, maybe a little bit of a pacing issue with his overall plans, um, which is weird. It's weird for me to say that. Um, I normally quite enjoy, like on East of West and and other stuff he's done for Marvel. I think his pacing is usually pretty good. I mean, it's, it's definitely drawn out, but it never feels slow to me. Um, I just, I guess, this feels a little disjointed. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I enjoyed it overall. I, I'm still going to give it like a pretty solid four out of six claws, I think. I wonder if any of that has to do with him having to collaborate with so many other people and, and maybe having to add, adjust his plans to how X of Swords turned out. Right. Uh, that, that's kind of me making excuses as well. I have no idea. <laughs> right. 
But there's this idea, well, there's this clear example that whatever he brings up as an idea is then taken by someone else. Like, um, mm. Nightcrawler, he, he sees Nightcrawler uh, doing religion and they announce Way of X. So it's like, is he just seeding ideas? And is this book just like an IP generator? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that's why I feel like it would be a book about Araco. Like, it right. generally, it feels more like that. Or it might be a book about the X-Men, who knows? Right. But um, I'm going to give it three out of six cars because I wasn't impressed. Wow. Uh, I will give this a high four. I, I thought uh, Noto was uh, amazing as always. And uh, I, I've i been higher on this book than you guys from the start. And I think I'm just going to ride that Hickman train until it <laughs> falls off the tracks. I don't, I don't know. We, we've been good. I think me and Jason have been decent on, on X-Men. Yeah, but, I think until right before the event. That's when I kind of started following. <laughs> oh, no, sure, the event, yeah, but no, you know, it was like the, the artwork that I was it. so into. Yeah. You guys were like, I don't know about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, well, next up is going to be X-Factor number six, which uh, is um, George's favorite book of the bunch, uh, Death's Too Close for Comfort, or... Suite number six, Skyo Me Naiho Skyer, second movement, whatever. Um, written by Lee Williams, uh, art by David Baldion, uh, colors by Israel Silva, uh, letters by VC Joe Caramagna, and designed by Tom Mueller, and our cover by Yvonne Chavrin. I think this is, though, until you guys started talking about it, I thought this was my favorite cover of the bunch of his, um, but it's Siren either choking or screaming out. Death waves in the form of a cool looking skull. I really like it. I misinterpreted it and thought it was fun, but I really like it. <laughs> this feels like it should be a black light poster in some college kids' <laughs> dorm room. It does have like planets and stars and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, especially the way the skull is, is sort of animated here. I feel like you need to like smoke some pot and put on Pink Floyd and then look at this poster. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, um, in this book, everyone's a doofus. Um, we go to like the bone yard. Is that where they all live? Mm-hmm. And they're trying to figure out why Siren keeps dying because she can fly, and she keeps falling. And she said, "Oh, I was drunk." And um, which you know, Irish people don't get drunk, do they? Don't they just aren't they permanently? able to hold copious amounts of liquor. But um, anyway, um, Dawkins pouring coffee. He helps uh, Aurora find the pin in her hair. She's like, oh, ha, ha. Then every, like, a bajillion times in this book, people are like, ha, ha, and they talk. And then they go, ha, ha, and they talk again. Like, everyone's like, so here's the deal. If it had just been Eyeboy, and she's like, okay, I'm going to make him the lovable doofus of the group. And he's, I, I feel like he's kind of flirting with Prodigy. So if he was like, oh, ha, ha. And like, you know, trying to be like nervous about it, that would work. But everyone does it. It drives me freaking nuts. Um, when they find Siren's body, they don't cooperate with the local authorities. The local authorities kind of get them grief, but they give grief right back. They're very arrogant about it. Um, Dawkins able to smell um, stuff, and Eyeboy can see on a microscopic level stuff, and then. Prodigy can read stuff. Polaris still has a weird, like, magnetic crown of thorns going on that I don't really understand. Um, you know, Dawkins fine. He's kind of Dawkins and all this. Uh, Rachel with her 
uniform looks pretty cool, but you know, I don't. I don't I'm trying to remember what actually happens in this. Uh, <laughs> That's sort of an indictment on the book itself. There, there's a lot of words, and um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of words. Some people talk some more. Um, and North Star and Prod- so Prodigy wants to be like the team, like CSI unit in the field. So he wants to observe Cecilia Reyes and absorb her knowledge. So that they don't have to bring stuff back. Like they can just make decisions out there. Uh, they confront Siren. Like, do you have a death wish? Are you suicidal? What's going on? She's like, I'm fine. And then her and Rachel arguing. Is, were they ever teammates on Excalibur? I don't remember them being. Because Siren like, went from kind of background character to X-Force to X-Factor. Right? Am I remembering her trajectory right? Yep. And then Rachel was yeah. X Men, Excalibur, disappeared for a while, and then back to X Men. I don't, I don't know, but, but apparently yeah. because they're redheads, they have a bond, and, and they try to talk it out. And then they, we figured out the X Factor is the perfect team because Eye Boy can see everything, and Rachel is a telepath, and Prodigy can absorb knowledge, and Dawkins has heightened senses, so no one. They're all lie detectors in their own way. They're all like walking polygraphs. So, you know, like something's wrong. And then Siren's like, I'm strong. And Flares is like, I'm a big gun too. And that's actually, it's a cool panel. Like, it looks nice with the green and the yellow and black. And then she obviously cares about Siren and what's going on. But then Siren is, I don't know, possessed by somebody. Maybe that's why she keeps dying. Um, and she threatens um, Polaris. And then the the birds make like a weird like vaguely ominous sign in the sky. I I don't I'm I don't really know what's going on here. Right. So um, Siren has an in X Factor. Peter David gave her the ability to um, sort of control the people by using like frequencies. Oh. So like, uh, okay. I, I that's what I assume this whole business is. But then yeah. she's got like glowing green eyes. So is it like is she evil as well? So, right, it 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 that the ending really doesn't do it for me. It's like they, they started off the book like, hey, we're gonna fix Polaris, and then a few issues are like, hey, we're gonna break Polaris again. I don't want to keep redoing the same stuff. I feel like, like that's all they want to do with Lorna and Havoc now is just make them into like incompetent people. Well, they're broken like, toys. They're constantly they're broken, toys. broken toys. Yep, huge powers. Then they just keep getting broken. Uh, I I really dislike that, and I'm gonna say it. I hate the color work on this book. Um, uh-huh. but I think I think the artwork uh, it it doesn't match. As I, I keep saying, the the pencils, uh, the colors, and the inks just make this a, a muddy book. I I don't appreciate the uh, the artwork here. And there, are, as you mentioned, Jason, there are so many dialogue bubbles. There's one page where like we literally have the bubbles covering up uh, the characters that are talking. I. I <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 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 really shows like a these people are not on sync with with how uh, the book should be laid out. It's oh boy, I this is you know we were talking offline like how we're starting to enjoy X Force more and more, and uh-huh. you know that used to be like the bottom of the barrel for me, but I feel like that's rising and this and Excalibur keep falling. Um, I I don't really see a whole lot of redeeming qualities about this book, but. Uh, I, I, there, there are a few panels that I like. Uh, for example, where Siren is uh, hypnotizing Polaris. I think the layout and the pencils are great. I just feel like the colors are so muted. 
uh, on on there. It doesn't really pop for me. Um, yeah, I just, if you guys have positive things to say about this book, I'd love to hear it. I, you know, change my mind, but I just can't really seem to find anything. You know, I I like that the characters they're using that they they get a spotlight, but I just don't feel like this book is not pulling me in. So I, you know, the only thing I would say is I definitely probably like the book visually more than you, but I do yeah. not, I I feel like the writing is um. I don't know. It's not a mess in the same way that Excalibur was. It just, it, it, there's, it's very absent of hooks for me. And then, you know, complement that with the kind of awkward, with everyone being like awkwardly nervous in their dialogue. I just, there, there is a definitely a, while you see a disconnect between like the pencils and the colors, I definitely see a disconnect between the writing and the visual. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to match. Because um, Baldion should be doing like exciting, fun stuff, like sure. in, in, in Domino, right? And, and that doesn't mean you can't have an issue where people talk. That's not what I'm saying. But this book's just very kind of ooh, ooh, hum, hum, walking their way through different story points. And there's no like energy to it. And Baldion is an energetic artist. So I, I feel like there's a, a mismarriage there. Um, that makes the book less enjoyable for me. I get that. So, like, visually, I actually um, find this quite entertaining. Um, I think the colour work is... The sense of using the same colour, but darkening it, instead of using black as a shader, Uh they use the same colour to darken the... Right, the shades of green on Polaris is pretty nice. Which I think is, and I think um, the the last page is such a beautiful sort of Wizard of Ozzy image uh, with the, the crows and like a, fa- a fantastical image. And I feel like um, Northstar looks great when he's not in motion. Um, a lot of yeah, the those no motion panels are rough, man. Um, a lot of the um, character designs are really good, and I feel like visually it does hold uh, like. <laughs> I feel like every character is awkward and is about to come out of the closet. <laughs> and <is written> like, <laughs> like, like, no, no, it's, it's really right. It's, no, this book, this book should, this book, I should totally champion. I shouldn't, champ, I shouldn't champion the book just because it's queer, just because I'm queer. That is not why. But I feel like I should give it a chance. Sure. It does feel like it does feel like the awkward child. Like it's not found its footing. It doesn't no. really know what it wants to say. Everyone is saying the same thing, like Jason points out. Everyone is the same. And I, like I said about issue one, I don't think um, the the um, Howard can um, not that Howard wrong one. Um, <laughs> um, oh. I had the same issues with both of them apparently. Um, right. I don't Williams. Think Williams can divorce herself from the characters. Right. And so right. everyone. Is, is a mixture of who she is. I think that she's got good ideas and she delves into the nostalgia of these characters um, in a great way, uh, like uh, making them all lie detectors. They all have a specific purpose. Everyone's trying to find their... their and it's very um, queer in that sense. Everyone's finding their place in the world and where they belong. Right. Um, and that's a nice thing to do. But when every single character is doing it and every single person is awkwardly flirting and every single person doesn't know where the hell they're going. When you've got characters that a couple of issues ago were like, well, we're the head of this team. Like, look at Nostar. He was in charge. 
he was he was talking up the team. Polaris was is right, you know, Polaris was given the leadership. She was like, mm, maybe not, but okay. Uh, and and now it's just like meh. Everyone, everyone's just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Everything looks the same. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And then I really like the. I hate and I I, start, I I despise possession stories these days in the Xbox because it's just always the thing. Mm-hmm. And but I like the idea that it may be just the fact that she just wants to kill herself. Like she's it's just some sort of weird joyride kind of thing for her, but. I don't think that's the way it's going to go. I don't think they're going to. I don't think we're going to get. We're going to tackle like the complex issues of how, what happens when you can live forever but you don't want to live forever, or, or you know. I don't think we're going to get that. Which this book constantly teases the idea of the, the resurrection, but never, never commits to. Yeah, fully... there are a lot of ideas of people wanting to kill themselves. There's yeah, a couple yeah. of characters, right? Because I feel, I feel like it flirts with suicide because it's obviously right. you've had. But it doesn't do it in a meaningful or, or, or substantial. It feels, and I hate to say this, it feels like Rosenberg, where he did the suicide thing, and it was really not pleasant to read. And I feel like unless she can pull herself back and make it a more meaningful story, and it's not just she's possessed, and the, the possessed person just wants to constantly kill her. Um, I, I feel like I don't know. I am a bit more higher on the book visually. I just feel like there's a lot of problems, but I just don't think it's as bad as Excalibur. <laughs> so maybe that's. Me being nice, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, we could have the Excalibur or X Factor debate. I don't know <laughs> if there's really a winner. I think they're both losers. But, um, uh, y- yeah, boy. I mean, this, this is issue, what, six? Yeah. I feel like we should have some sort of stronger direction or should have found its footing by now, don't you think? Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, it, even with uh, the event, I think, um, you know, back to my original or my earlier statement that the books are taking advantage to kind of do a fresh start. I'm not sure this really accomplishes anything like that. I, I don't think uh, Williams was in the meetings. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a clear disconnect because her, her story was halfway... She was halfway through a, a mojo sure. verse story. Boom, it was, it was instantly cut. And it's like... Mm. There were no extractor <laughs> issues in the event, right? No, it was just put on hold. Right. <laughs> like, just... Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll end optimistically so Daniel can go last. Georgie, how low are you going to go in this book? Boy. Um, I mean, it's, it's not the worst thing uh, ever. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's earned a three, but I feel like two is kind of harsh judgment on this thing. Um. I don't know. I guess I guess I'll give it a low three, but it's it's a very huh. unenergetic, un uninspired uh, low three. Well, dang it! I <laughs> I'm gonna give it a two, but I like the art so much more than you. I think I have to go three by default. So three, <laughs> three out of six claws, I guess. I, I, I and then Dan, Dan's gonna be like, "Well, I, I liked it more than y'all, but I'm still at a three too. <laughs> I, I was gonna give. I generally thought Jodie was like one. Yeah, I did too. That's <laughs> like because I, I feel like it's visually, I really like it, which does, it deserves a three. But I think that because it's got so much pulling it back in the story, like it, just, it it's dying under its own weight. So I think that three is justifiably the only thing I can give it. So all right. Well, that's that's X Factor. Um, I think Georgie, you're next for Hellions number eight. 
Hellions number eight. One second, let me pull this up. Hellions number eight. We have do Zeb Wells is the writer, Steven Segovia as artist, David Curiel as colors, uh, VCs Ariana Mayer as letterer in production, Tom Muller as design with the cover by Steven Segovia and Romulo Fajardo Jr. Um, and this is, I don't know, pretty standard uh, people lunging at the screen uh, with, with fists raised to punch. I don't know. This is a very bland cover for me. Yeah. It reminds me of the 90s. It reminds me of a 90s like, image book cover, to be fair. Sure. All right. So in this issue, Cameron Hodgebot 3000 monologues for like <laughs> 20 pages until his like robots kill him. Uh, what a surprise. Um, the rebuilt wild child and nanny are stronger, better, faster. Um, wild child yeah, even has vocal cords now so he can speak. Uh, the rest the rest of the team gets their asses handed to them because it wouldn't be a Havoc book without incompetence. Uh, oh, Psylocke gosh. steals the robots. Nanny steals a baby. Uh, what did I write here? Standard what? In... <laughs> What's I don't that? know. It just feels like a very no, standard. No. Like... <laughs> oh, oh, standard blood and death in the book. is just like it can't be a Hellion's book without someone having the blood around their mouth and then dying. Right. Uh I think the color work shines here. Uh, I, I do feel like the artwork can be spectacular uh, when it wants to, but it's just the, the subject matter is so, like, uh, gory and, and, and same. It's like the same thing over and over again. It gets boring. Uh, I, to be honest, I was just glad that Sinister's joke book wasn't given stage time uh, this issue. Uh, right. I thought it was meh. What did you guys think? So, I there's a, a germ of an idea, right? So... You know, they're trying to find this ship that will rebuild uh, Orphan Maker's armor so he doesn't destroy the world. Uh, there's a fake Cameron Hodge that's self-aware and thinks he's Cameron Hodge when he's not. And right. that was kind of interesting. And then the overall idea, right, that the X-Men are, are like, have seen some glimpse of the future or understand, like, the whole Nimrod thing. So this kind of going around squashing AI. Sure. I, that's an interesting idea, but it's like half a page of this book that really talks about that. Um, so, I don't know, that was okay. It was, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they might have those kernels of ideas, but the book is way more concerned with just showing like lots of fighting and people getting holes blasted in them and people exploding. It's, it, yeah. it feels like a... Uh, I don't know, like a 14-year-old just wanted to see a bunch of fighting, and then they have to sort of shoehorn some kind of story into it. Right. And I saw on Twitter, I don't, and I apologize if they're listening, I don't remember who said this, but you know, they're asking, like, is the death of Hellion just going to be like the running joke in this book? Like, mm-hmm. he just dies every issue? Um, He's a Kenny of, of the book? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so, um... If X-Men saw the Marauders of people with um, uh, taste, um, this book's kind of for people who can't handle flavor. Um, <laughs> I, f- I find that there's nothing wrong with it. It's very pedestrian, but it is the middle of the road. It is the most 
sort of like beigey of beige like num num like the art sometimes is real beautiful moments of um even in the gore it can it can yeah really, like has like a really nice graceful quality to it which <sighs> means the, the book isn't i'm not going to ignore the book because the art at least piques my interest but it's not like georgie said it's not bothered at all about this like the, the plot points it's putting forward it's only bothered about the toys hitting each other as hard as they can and <laughs> I, I feel i feel like if it didn't have the art i this would be because i have zero um attachment to this book i don't hate it i don't i don't dread reading it i just go oh, hellions exists oh yeah i forgot right. about that it's yeah. very forget it's a forgettable book and for that it just doesn't doesn't if someone was going to read a book, I would actually actively say, maybe don't read Hellions unless you're getting it for free. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> like, it, it, it is very... It's a, it's a, it's a, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. It's, it's just there for me. Well, I'm, I'm glad... I, I'm, like, not even really, I'm not even as oh, angry what? anymore about Havoc anymore. I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a comic. You never know. Havoc might be voted into the X Men team. So. I hope so. I hope so. Someone else gets to play with him. Yeah. I, I am glad. I think starting off, I was kind of high on the artwork compared to you guys in this book, um, and I'm glad you guys have come around a little bit. Not to say that this book is full of great artwork, but that it, it can have moments of yeah, as Dan said, some some grace, and I, I do think the colors are are, are spectacular here. So. Uh, there are moments where I'm like, "Hey, this art, this this book could be something," and then you read it, the words, and you're like, "Oh yeah, no, there's no, there's nothing happening here." This book would be would be brilliant if you got a white text page of a mission brief, an entire silent silent issue oh, of right. just them them fighting, and then like a few pages at the end of like a debrief. Right. I think I think, I think Zev Wells. Uh, um, if <laughs> you didn't have to write dialogue, yeah. <laughs> like the, even like the dialogue, like the dialogue doesn't matter at all. Like, and and the running joke of Hellion dying all the time. Why not try and like do something with Hellion? That would be nice. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. Just, I don't know. So, hey, Georgie, do you feel like um, you might Segovia? has more passion about drawing Quanon and Grey Crow. I feel like they're the two best-looking characters in the book. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, that's that's tough. I, I feel like he, <laughs> he really loves drawing um, Hellion as well. Um, okay. Yeah, that's true. I, I particularly like seeing Wild Child. I think I, I have a soft spot for him uh, back just from Age of Apocalypse, <laughs> if that okay. makes any sense. Yeah. Um, not that they really do anything with him here. Uh, what, did, what did you guys think of them? Like they've got their upgrades now, and so they're just gonna like tear through everything, and they've got their own mission. Do, does that make you enjoy the characters anymore? Does that make you interested in their story, or are you just like, what's the point? How are they even different? Is is my my question? They just don't talk as much or growl as much. It, 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 Wild Child will kill someone in an aggressive foul manner or in a sophisticated take them down like Jason Bourne manner it seems it doesn't really change anything and let's be honest Nanny or whatever her name is Humpty Dumpty and her her child are completely and utterly um, non-entity characters <laughs> right 
I don't know. I, I feel like it's that sort of um, when DC tried to make Egg Fu Young um, yes. the villain into a, into a reasonable, terrifying villain. When Grant Morrison was like, no, it's a giant egg that talks and eats people. Um, I feel like that's what they're trying to do with, with those two, but I don't know. Ditch them, get someone better, is what I'd say. Alrighty there. All right. <laughs> what do you guys want to vote on this one? Uh, I'm going to... I think Dan nailed it. It's just right up the middle. Uh, just a very soft, mushy three out of six claws for me. I feel like mine's going to be a two um, because it is so bland and forgettable that I just put it on. I just forget about I forgot already what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, uh, I feel like... Um... I, I, boy, just on an artwork level, this is a better book than um, X Factor is. Uh, I, I think I'm going to give it a three, even though I think that both those books have problems. I, I think I, it's going to sound weird. I probably enjoy uh, my experience with this book more than I do X Factor. Not that it like lingers with me, but I just feel like the visuals are more engaging. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, uh, we're going to get some back-to-back Georgie with Marauders number 17. Oh, man. One second. So many Marauders. Marauders number 17. Uh, written by Jerry Duggan. Uh, art by Matteo Lali. Colors by Edgar Delgado. Letters VCs Corey Pettit. Design Tom mm-hmm. Muller. Um, <laughs> covers by Russell Dodderman and Matthew Wilson. There's... Uh, oh. Uh, well, there's some variant covers, but whatever. Um, on the cover, we've got uh, Storm and Callisto uh, night fighting in the rain. Um, I actually feel like this is kind of a muddy cover. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Like, I, I love what they do with these characters in the book, but the cover just feels like a lot of blue shading thrown over some fallen people. I know the rain doesn't work anymore, but flip it sideways. Okay. <laughs> it's a better cover. It really is. If you, flip aside, if you do it horizontally, it's a better cover. That's, that's it's like so a, interesting. Yeah. Probably they're on a speed train or something. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, the rain becomes action lines instead of rain. Right, right. right. It's like uh, the scene out of Dragon Ball where they're... Right. Yeah, they don't want to draw the background. It is actually a better cover on it, and it's <laughs> Isn't that weird? That's amazing. <laughs> It's even better upside down. But anyway, um <laughs> Yeah it is. <laughs> My wow. God. Right, the the right way up it is not something I like. Every other angle is fine. <laughs> that is an amazing discovery, Jason. How did you figure that out? <laughs> on accident. Totally on accident. <laughs> All right. Well uh, Marauder's seventeen. Uh Callisto interrupts Shinobi Shaw on a date in order to give him a little prick. Uh, once cleared of charges, Callisto entreats Storm to stick one in her. Uh, there is talk of a banquet for humans. They will eat human foods. Uh, I don't know. I was late writing this one. <laughs> Kate infiltrates the Magic uh, Poor Kids while Storm agrees to um, go on a date with Callisto and then breaks her heart. Uh, Callisto is reborn with her powers intact while Kate invites House Verendi for Vendetta. Uh, I feel like Lolly's Kate and Emma are magnificent. I, I love the clean lines when, when uh, Lolly is, is drawing this. Uh, I think there was a, a wonderful uh, parallel to earlier Storm Callisto stories 
yeah. that it, it, it feels like nostalgia with meaning or with a purpose or like it, it's a callback that isn't like, hey, look, we're doing a callback. It's a callback that is connected that leads to the to, current story. Right. And it leads to yeah. further growth of the characters. I, I thought this was uh, an excellent book. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it's worth mentioning, you know, the idea that they still want to do the crucible, even though Apocalypse is gone. But mm-hmm. instead of Apocalypse being in charge of it, they have to like pick their destroyer or whatever right. and right. Callisto goes to Storm. And I think this is really interesting because they have they've had a long standing rivalry from the Morlock days and she's like, if someone's gonna kill me, invest me, it should be someone that already has, right? So it's not as big of a knock to her pride. And we know Callisto has a, a good bit of pride, right, in her self and her abilities. And when Storm initially refuses, it really does like hurt Callisto. But then when she shows up at the end and that panel Lolly draws of Storm like punching Callisto and like electrocuting her heart and then the breath leaving her mouth. Like, that's that's an amazing visual sequence. And then it's really heartwarming when Storm like hugs her, right? Like right. her dead body. And then we see the vaguely triumphant like hatching with her powers and the visual of her using her powers. It all looks great. Um yeah, no, a very, very fun book and a very emotional book, I thought. Yep. I feel like when um, writers want to put a new cast member into a book, they should probably look at this issue. Um, Callista's obviously here to stay. I know she was mentioned a few times before, but this, this cements her as a character mm-hmm. for people who may not be familiar with her. Um, again, this book does more well-building than most of the others by just just something as simple as Oh, the Crucible still exists, but you have to pick the person who murders you. Um, something as simple as that is enough to build on top of the Krakoan mythology that's happening. Um, the artwork is beautiful. I love yep. the, color, the color choices for Emma to have a white collar, but a black black suit and black dress. I feel like um, there's a lot of like character iconography going on when they're in their different costumes i adore how bishop looks he's like the sexiest man on the kukoa <laughs> right 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 um just his new look is is brilliant um, yeah yeah love I, that I costume think, i think all the cast uh look great uh, i want to see some more i do there's certain things i do want to see iceman pyro maybe turn up a little bit more um the table but like the idea the, the politics on display the the tying into giant size x-men um and tying into all of these other elements um the, the 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 character writing work is perfect jason said it well like the the visual storytelling on display is is stronger than most of the other books um we've we've read and we've read some really beautiful looking books so um yeah this is really good stuff i also want to point out that the main characters basically are all women in this book um yeah. and uh i, I think it's I don't better for it. I, I think that they're, they're uh, it just, I just, I, <laughs> I don't know how to phrase this. I just feel like it's it's spectacular <laughs> what they're able to do with these female characters that maybe aren't uh, they're fan favorites, but don't always get a chance to shine. And, and, and in this book, they're all like lifted up and uh, shown how essential they are to the X Men. I just, uh, I just realized like, oh, this is a really female focused book, um, and it doesn't. It, 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 didn't, really, it didn't need a. It, didn't need a, um, it doesn't uh, announce itself. It's no, not I, like an A Force, which is was not bad, right? But it's very just organically. These these women are in charge and kicking ass, and they're running Krakoa. And right. <laughs> you know, 
you know, as much so or more so than the Quiet Council, and and that's really cool. Sure, and I, I like that they're able to. It's not like artificially, right? We're gonna. I need to have women, so we can do this. Like they all have intertwining stories from back in the the eighties, right? So they're able to to use that that backdrop to tie these characters together and, and like push forwards to something new. I think it's just and superb storytelling. There's a really good sense in this this series that they you they get a, a cast of characters and use their uh, connections to other characters to bring those other characters into the book. So Storm was in the book from the beginning, but she was quite periphery and then mm-hmm. once uh, kate passed she became more of a central figure and then now we've got callisto it's like a repeat it's like a cycle of grabbing like the connective tissues of different characters mm-hmm. and bring them together to make like a, a, a organic cast which yeah. is um and let's be honest seeing sebastian Shaw wheeled around in a wheelchair is still hilarious <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah i think the only thing that kind of if I'm going to miss Storm if she's really leaving the book. But, you know, we'll see where she goes and what she does. Right. But yeah, uh, no, uh, six out of six claws for me, again. Marauders yep. is still, like, my, my overall probably top book of Donovex. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, six of six. I was so happy to see Lolly back on the book. And, uh, yeah, just just excellent. All right. Well, Dan, we all love sword number one. We all don't necessarily love King and Black. So what's sword number two going to have in store for us? Oh. Wait, 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 wait. Do any of us love the sword in black? I, we got we to gotta, we gotta get I, to I think I probably like it better than y'all. I think I've said on Twitter before, um, don't really give two farts about the plot, but I, I found some good character beats and some emotional beats, particularly, particularly the father-son stuff. Um, maybe hits me a little differently so i i found things to enjoy but you know i could care less about noel um but yeah anyway <laughs> so sword, sword number two um king in the liquid latex crossover um, <laughs> um is the same creative team as number one uh, the fun cover is the peak literally looking like it's stabbing the heart of Null's random... I don't get why it's a spider. Like, why know. is it a spider? That doesn't make well, it's sense. It's a xenomorph anyway. spider, right? Yeah, why is it a face... Oh, whatever. Yeah. None of it. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, the whole world is offline. Uh, even the even the Krakoa can't be reached with tele- telepathy. Um, we have a bunch of character work as uh, brand employees um, Mentello off the toilet to be the best telepath she can get at the time. Uh, brand Wizkid and the book itself show how little they care for the actual event and blow up dragons like they mean nothing, whereas Earth's Mighty's heroes struggle. Right. Um, Mentello uh, gets a special mission called Protocol V, as we will find out means five, because everything is a Roman numeral. Um, ah. Yes. Uh, a small sword team uh, goes to help Kokoa. Sunfire, Banshee, and Magneo are fighting these dragons. Um, Cortez helps out Sunfire, who gets a good old jolly and murders the dragon. Um, we find out that Protocol uh, V is Mentallo in his think tank, which was a great... I love that so much. <laughs> Such uh, a great bit, yeah. yeah. Which is a giant, giant tank, and he's come to save the five because they mean more than Kokoa itself. Um then we get some interesting um, beats where Cortez and Magneto, Cortez, who was um, ignored last issue, 
uh, talks about flat scans, i.e. humans, and um, Rainier is a little swayed by this idea and it's come to the council and obviously uh, Frenzy's like, ugh, history repeating itself. Um, and then, unfortunately, we get Venny Cable, uh, Venom Cable, Cable Venom, Carnage Cable, whatever you want to call Joker, them. Joker Cable. <laughs> the cable who laughs. Um, oh, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what oh, gosh. Um, that's it, yeah. So, so yeah, we get him teleport and everyone goes, and then I, me and the rest of the book, I roll, and then it ends. <laughs> yeah. um, I really liked the issue until the final couple of pages. Actually, I knew what was going to happen because of the first couple of pages. Right, right. <laughs> I was like, no, just no. This should be a done-in-one story. <laughs> no more. But, um, I think it looks beautiful. I think the color works great. The use of red is awesome. I love the, just like the right. the, the simple like you talk about lens flare. There's a lens flare on Whiskey's little buttons on his chair, um, which work really well and uh-huh. um, go off to blast the dragon. I think um, all of the elements are interesting. The the, the use of uh, black to sort of show that the world is engulfed in this horrible crossover um, works well on Kokoa. Seeing Banshee was a nice bonus because. Where's he been? And um, I think he's not dead, Banshee character... anymore. Thank goodness. No, he's finally alive because he can be. And um, I think the character work is fantastic. I think the introduction of Mentallo, even I've I even read the Wikipedia pages, and I don't do that. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I clearly like this book more than most, and I really do enjoy like. Um, how Agent Baron's kind of manipulating the situation with other characters' ways. She's like, you're not important, but then she's like, secretly like, yeah, you're really important, but I'm not going to tell him because he's a twat, sort of thing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think, and I think the 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 artwork from Skiddy just uh, Cortez looks fantastic. He's a preening prick, and he looks like it, and it's <laughs> yeah, beautiful, literally beautiful. I love I love the little hoodie that Mentallo gets. Yeah. Um, over his head i think the cat the, the general design i i don't know it was it skitty that designed everyone because the design on display is really well thought out and it's like, strong not just it's really strong not just the, yeah not just the characters the actual peak itself is really beautiful interesting sort of uh tree in space sword thing that's happening and um i just really really love the book so there you go how do you guys feel <laughs> Yeah, no, I, it's gorgeous um, and a lot of fun. And uh, it's it's been nice to see Brand be like the better Nick Fury. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, and I mean that I, I, you know, there's parts of Nick Fury's history I really like, but she's just, she's kind of like that, no nonsense, manipulating things the way she wants to, but you know, in space and with the mutants, and it just it works really well for me. Like her. Her demeanor, her attitude, her characterization is is very interesting to me. Um, and then, yeah, the the kind of the the cast of misfits just rocking and rolling. It's just it was a really fun book. Um, book ended by some unfortunate nonsense, but um, you know that's what it is, I guess. It's yeah, no, uh, the artwork is spectacular. Uh, great character moments. It feels like. Uh, Mentala was just like a, an all-star of this book, right? Uh, the, the way they introduced him, I thought it, it was really intelligent. The way that they they, they explained that he's the best they can she can get, but also like a really perfect choice for what she needs. 
like he really is a, the perfect telepath. Uh, the think tank was spec. <laughs> yeah, I laughed out loud at that moment. Uh, it was uh, just so silly and fun and, and, and perfect character wise. Uh, it just feels like we have the book that that's dedicated to doing something, you know, new and grand with X Men, and they're like, "No, we don't like that." Uh, can you be the book that ties into this event we're doing? That's really just about like dumb black goo. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I don't know if like the the editors were like, "We need to like drag this title down." Or if you know Ewing uh, volunteered to be a part of this, or was requested, or whatever. But it feels like, you know, we started off with a book like, "Hey, we're gonna like expand your minds," and now it's like, "No, we're we're gonna like drag you into the gutters." Idea wise, it was a little I, bit I like, disappointing. I feel like because it's because uh, of what Sword represents, it it makes sense that they would deal with with this problem. However, right, the book clearly states in two pages. When uh, Fabian is like, "Where is uh, Whiskid?" and and she's like, "Not wasting it," and Ben's like, "Not wasting his time with this trifling problem." Right, and right, he's like, right. doing like the book is. Do- it feels like in the background, the book's doing its big sci-fi stuff. It just has to do this bit, and right, like right. doesn't. But it doesn't actually matter. Like, and I would love it. I would love it. It's not going to happen because it has to be because the whole event has to circle around uh, Kate. Uh, Kate uh, there. The Venom book. I would love it if Sword was the reason they won. Like, Sword was the reason it got right. caught. That would be nice. They just kind of burned it away. I also, you know, one, one of the things I've complained about with with Kate's whole take on Venom is that I, I think I'm in the minority. But I really enjoyed uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy story that had, like, the Venom planet and the Quintar. And Bran right. says the word Quintar, and that's the first time I've seen that word since any of this Noel stuff started. And I've been wondering, like, what was that planet an aberration? Is it being retconned away? And I, so I, I enjoyed that. I don't know if it's what it's trying to say about the story, but I thought it was interesting that she's, like, referring to that when the rest of the, really the whole Venom arc the case has done has pretty much ignored that as far as I know. Um, now, I have not read it all, so listeners, if you know of an example of how they've dealt with that, please let me know. But, um, yeah, anyway, I, it, I just it, found that it, interesting. It does feel like he's more concerned with the heavy metal aspect of Fenon than, like, because what I've read is kind of like just like um, the lethal protector, heavy, like heavy metal rockers would, would read this book, and Null is essentially just uh, like a, a personification of. All the people who have fem- Venom t-shirts on that like the character, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just me being mean. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I had to read. I have like a a, a meetup group here um, where we, we we pick a a collection and then we read it and talk about it. Um, and we had to read Venom last year, and it was awful. It was the most bland, <laughs> of boring, like nothing stories. And I was like, all right, I never want to read another. Venom story by Kate's again, and just seeing everyone fall in love with. Plus, I I feel like he's he's new metal. His Thor book is also a very like uh, ugly ugly thing for me to look at. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. But um... <laughs> I just feel like he's he's doing this like new metal bullshit that I can't <laughs> get into. There's no there's no um, meat to any of it, and and just seeing that that's what everyone's grabbing onto. Uh, that's the big event they want to push. It, it feels like dragging down, like the, the story handle is 
this book handles it well, but just the fact that we have to like take this 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 idea book and be like, well, screw the ideas, let's just have them fight goo monsters. Feels like yeah, why because, why did we do this? Because they've released solicitations that Marauders is tied in, but it's a, like a special tie-in. Right, right, right. It's a separate tie-in, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. We'll see. Hopefully, they'll handle it as skillfully as this one did. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, I'm going to give a very strong, again, five out of six claws for Sword. Um, I, I can't ignore the fact that I don't really like the tie-in, but everything else was was damn near perfect. So five out of six, very strong for me. Georgie? Uh, yeah, I'll give it five out of six. I think it it, it takes the, the, the shit sandwich it was given and like turns it into <laughs> something edible. Um, I, I thought... You know, I'm disappointed by what it was forced to do, but I don't really hold it against the book because right. it, it, it really spins it into some gold. So even though I eye rolled at the end, I'm still going to give it six out of six because Peter David did the crossover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I admire a book that goes, fuck you, uh, to anyone that um, tries to cross over with it. So it right. got plus marks in my... I actually think it's so well... It's still clever um, and it hasn't really lost... Because it hasn't, it's 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 given it given us its its mission statement. It's got its voice, and it's that's issue two, and it's quite impressive to have. A, we're talking about X Factor oh, having yeah. no voice. It's issue six, so yeah. I think technically on technically on display, I feel I feel like it's still ahead above. I do not like the idea that they're going to have to fight Kid Cable, um, or whatever. But you know, what can you do? What can you do? I guess all you can do is talk about Kid Cable some more. Um, (laughs) So Cable number seven will be our last book. Uh, This is uh, Finish the Job or Gritty Days in the City of Brotherly Love. Um, And it's by Gary Dukin and Phil Noto with uh, letters by V.C. Joe Savino and designed by Tom Mueller. And on the cover by Noto, we have Kid Cable with Baby Kal-El. And a Superman blanket, I don't know. Um, and orange, smoky background. It reminds me of that cable when cable used to hold hope. Yes, oh. it does. It does. So it, it gives me panic with that, but it's just, it's okay. I like the color work more than anything, to be fair. Yeah. All right. Well, in this book, we initially mourned Gorgon, and then Cable's like, you know what? Um, that was fun. I don't really care about Ten of Swords. He actually, I think he whatevs it, like in the middle of the book. And he and Rachel are going to go back <laughs> to his previous story um, of finding these uh, kidnapped mutant babies. And so they take the gate to Philly and meet up with some cops who are reluctantly cooperative. They're like, uh, I don't really know. Like, We should be able to do this ourselves, but I guess you're helpful. We get a pretty cool panel of Rachel, like, Side scanning the crazies, um, and we find out that the leader of the group is like a fraud, even even more so than a normal cult leader. <laughs> and but she also finds out where their house is, so they they drive there. The cops are like, "Okay, we got to get a warrant." But Rachel's like, "No, look inside. There's the babies right there." And they're like, "Oh, we see them. Like we're holding them. That's weird." Okay, well, still, guys, uh, we don't want to get fired or anything, so you guys take it easy. Oh, you Batman dust, you're gone. Um, <laughs> and then Cable and Rachel run to the house. Cable uses powers to cut the guys with glass. Um, and, you know, they continue to make their way through the house, cutting down uh, these Cult of X guys as they go. 
Um, and Cable gets to, like, I guess the master nursery, and he pulls his guns out, he's ready to shoot, but they're all holding babies with knives. And we see Rachel in the window, which is a really cool shot. She's, like, just floating outside the window. And Cable's like, you got it? And she's like, got it. And the guy's like, I'm not bluffing. And he's like, I know. And then we get a really cool panel with blam, blam, blam. So it looks really nice. And he shoots all the guys in the shoulders. They drop the baby and fall. But Rachel telekinetically catches all the babies, which is a nice scene. And then the cops come in. And they're like, oh, man. And then Cable says, I'm not going to ask you. I'm just going to take the information I want because you're a dirtbag. And then just for Grant and just because we just literally covered it like two episodes ago, we have Strife. And I guess he created the leader of the cult um, or did something to him. He's like naked with the Dawn of X logo on his head. And um, but Strife is like, I need 10 babies. You can have five if I can have five. Um, (laughs) And then... um, (laughs) And then he's like, and then he he as does actually give Cable an excuse. He bites some poison tooth. Cable's like, no. And then Rachel's like, what are you not telling me? He's like, oh, nothing. He just bit some poison in his tooth. Um, and then the detectives are like, what do we do with these babies? I think one of them pooped. And then uh, they go back home to Summer's family dinner. Cable's like, I got to run. And Rachel's like, I don't like that you're hiding stuff from me, but I'll let you just come talk to me when you're ready to talk. And then she leaves, Cable punches the wall. Scott's like, don't do that. I've punched plenty of walls in my time. And it's better just to kind of ride this out till you have better luck. And Cable's like, what? What? I know someone who's lucky. And he goes to the bar and finds Domino. And he's like, is this weird asking you for help because of our history? You know, and I'm too young for it to have happened yet. And the only part that's a little weird is Domino's like, oh, it's better because it's weird. But you're like, uh, dude, he's really young. <laughs> Like, like it's almost kind of like like sexual attention-ish, which is kind of weird. I don't know if that's how Dugan intended it or just how I read it. But other than that, a really fun book with really great I, I have, art. I have, I have a question. Yeah. Why does Domino have one red eye? Is that... that I, don't I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I jumped back on X-Force after Exosol, so like, I missed a lot of it. Well, she's back in her regular non like like uh, uh, plant body, right? Yes. She uses the plant weapon, but she is back in her normal body at this point. Right. People just like funny eyes. There we go. That's yeah. So I I really like this book. I think the color work's really well done, mainly because I love the fact there's multiple skin tones. Which obviously is avoided to the white characters, maybe not Storm. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's, that's other X ex- books. Um, I feel like there's a really nice painted um, sort of sense here, which like a like a gradient paintings. I do think uh, Noto trying to ape Azra on the telepathic windmill sequence. <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone's ever going to really capture Azra's Jean Grey moment in on the X Men. Um, right. But I do think that it look, visually looks fun. I like the fact that much like all of these books, it's like exercise happens in one, and we're going to talk about it in one page and then leave. Um, so it was nice to um, see. So yeah, I think it's it, the, the character work between um, Rachel and Cable. I always forget that brother and sister, and it's nice to see them like, interact, <laughs> interact like that. And I think 
seeing him use his powers more and taking his dad's advice and all this jazz. Seeing Strife makes makes me hold my breath to what's going to happen next. Man, other than that, I think it's fun. Yeah, I, I may have to retract. You know, I, I said I, I had problems with the art on this before, but reading it again, maybe this does stand out uh, a little bit better than the X-Men issue. Um, I, you know, there's that Strife panel, but I, I seriously love the coloring, like the magenta yeah. coloring uh-huh. of that page. Uh, the, the Blam Bam page is, is superb. Um, I, I like that the Cable's sort of embracing uh, more of his powers, and he's sort of growing into the, you know, um, I hesitated before I'm learning, I need to be a, a more of a soldier. Like, I just appreciate him, like, trying to, to grow. And I really love that, like, final page of Domino being like, oh, Nate, of course it's going to be weird. When has it never not been weird between us? Um, and there is maybe a little bit of flirtation there. I think... Uh, you know, Jason, you hit on, like, the sexual tension. That's sort of a, a complicated thing, right? Like, right. it's how old is he? And then, as a society, we we don't really feel like men can really be taken advantage of uh, as, as in the same way that women can be. So I think we're a little more forgiving. Like, if Nate was underage and, and they have this, like, connection that is beyond time or whatever... I think people would be more forgiving to them starting a relationship than if it was the other way around, if, if that makes sense. So it's it's really sort of a complicated thing. I, I don't know if they're necessarily going to follow through with like some sort of romantic thing. But, you know, they, they have a, a friendship connection that I right. don't see why they can't like reignite. Yeah. Right, no, I think you're exactly right. And it could just be the way I read it. Um, I, I didn't I didn't read it as a, as a sexual thing. I read it as a... Those two have a because she wanted to kill him for killing Cable, as well. So true, I, true. I, I just thought they were just like those two have always had a complicated relationship, be it mm-hmm. older Cable, young Cable, right. whatever. So I just I, I read it more like that rather than uh, they're going to bang or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. All right. Well, cool. I oh, I just uh, want to. So one, one last thing. I love uh, cool dad. Cyclops, I, I love. He's like, hey, yes. son. And he's opening like a, a bottle of a pop for, <laughs> for whatever. He's just like, hey, son, how was work? How was school today? Let me sit you down and give you a little lecture. I just, I love the idea of Cyclops trying to be like like the dad. It, uh, Cyclops, um, it's like, I love it too because Cyclops is having like a renaissance because um, people are actually starting to give a, you know, like Marvel have been punishing for so long and he was still better than most of the characters they were writing. And it's nice to see him back at the forefront and actually sort of accepted as, <laughs> by the company. That, um, <laughs> like, you know I mean, and it, it, I don't know. I, I like the facets that's happening here. He's the hero. He's the father. Um, and every time you see him, you get a different shade. And not many other of the X characters get that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, no, but, he is. Yeah, this this is the best Cyclops we've had in a while. I've been watching a show called Crashing on HBO. And it's about uh, this guy, Pete Holmes, trying to be a stand-up comedian. And uh, he has jokes where, like, he, he says he looks like a, like a not-cool dad at a barbecue, where he's just, like, walking around like, ha, 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 fresca, and he, like, tosses, like, a fresca to kids. And I feel like that's what Scott would do. Like, a, he's, like, the, the not-quite-cool dad at a barbecue. He's just trying right. to fit in. I just love the, that idea. That's funny. Yeah. Um, and I think Grant had just a really short comment that it was a lot of fun, and he gave it five out of six claws. 
I believe that's what he said in our message. Let me see if I can find it real fast. Hilarious of the message is like it was horrible. Stripes in it, one out of six. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, you know, he's got that theory that that young young cable is really strife. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we'll see. That would be weird. I prefer young cable to old cable. Is that is that a bad bad thing? I never I never thought I'd say that after that horrible horrible introduction. No, Dugan saved the character for yeah. sure. Like <laughs> like hands down. Sure. No art, no argument. He was like, "Hey, this character sucks. Let's make him awesome." <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember what Cable's like, other than like a Rambo version of a mutant. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Grant, I, I found his thing. He said, "Super short read, but pretty fun." Five claws. Yep. There you go. Good job. Thank you, Georgie. Sure. It's taking me a while to scroll through all that. Um, <laughs> I knew he said five. I can't remember why. Um, and I'm gonna be writing it with him. Um, just a nice, fun, breezy book. Getting back to his mission. Um, love the art. Love the portrayal. I'm gonna go five out of six claws as well. Yeah, I'm with you there. Five out of six teams. Perfect for it. Yeah, this is pretty much uh, the cable book we we love, and I look forward to reading. No, this was delayed like a month or whatever, so I'm just yeah. glad to have it. Well, Noto is busy doing the X Men book, so I mean, yeah, he he put some time in his craft, so I understand that he definitely had to kind of undouble book himself. So that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're, we're kind of right on time. Um, for what we needed to do today. And I know, right. uh, George, you got to run. But um, as always, thank you guys so much. Sorry it took so long to get this thrown together. Um, try not to do that again. Um, nice. But yeah, um, just thanks again. And why don't y'all talk a little bit about Excaliburus? Well, it's a pleasure, as always, being on. And if you want to listen to our humble little podcast that travels the multiverse, uh, you can find us at Podbean for I can't speak anymore. Forward slash um, Excaliburus. Or you can find us on Twitter at Excaliburus1. Or just type Excaliburus into Google. And you'll find us on other other things like iTunes and Stitcher. So, yeah. yeah we just, as Jason mentioned, we just finished up the, uh, the second half of the uh, Executioner song. So you can listen to us talk a lot more about Strife <laughs> all over there with, uh, with Grant and Jason. Yeah. Very cool. So one uh, question, are you guys, um, like, we're done with Texas Swords, it's like the first sort of batch of books have come out, are you, it feels like you're really, you know, excited to be reading X-Books again? Are you, like, optimistic for what the year has? Yes. I think I think overall, right, a couple of sessions, but overall very relieved that everyone kind of found their footing right away out of the event, didn't spend too much time trying to wrap things up or figure out how it related, and we just kind of moved forward with their books, um. I feel like most of the books came out with a very clear purpose and direction, and I'm, that makes me excited. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm right back where I was, kind of, you know, as we jumped into Donovex originally, it was, it was pretty exciting overall, and I think I'm, I'm back in that headspace. Yeah, if, if Donovex is the 2020 of um, comic book um, crossovers, then I'm happy to move away from that plague-ridden, um, horrid excuse for a story and now we have um some great books coming up like just generally the idea of nightcrawler having a, a starring role in a book is exciting because he's been basically missing in action since day one 
Right. And um, I'm really happy with Sword. Uh, Marauders continues to be fantastic. And even the other books that I dropped off, um, like New Mutants and even X-Force, is starting to be more interesting, uh, taking their books in different directions, which may give them a better voice. Yep. Sure. I just want to say it again, because we didn't really talk a whole... We spent a lot of time... Uh, just like spilling our love all over a sword, but uh, New Mutants <laughs> has me very, very enthusiastic for what that book has has to come in the future. Yes, definitely. All right, awesome. Well, um, as always, listeners for the podcast that goes snitch, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snitcast, and definitely go check out Excalibros. Um, as always, we love talking about these books with you guys. So thank you so much for coming on and. Um, you know, everyone out there, you know, my my co-host included, but listeners as well, please continue to stay safe and stay well. Um, you know, there's definitely some some reasons for optimism coming into 2021, but we're not completely out of the woods on everything yet. So just uh, you know, take care of yourselves out there. Um, be kind, be lovely, and be safe. So, any any other closing thoughts, guys? If you can, go back and watch Batman Beyond. It's fun. Nice. Oh, I also just watched uh, Enola Holmes. Very delightful. We watched that with Ethan uh, last night. It was very fun. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, listeners, uh, everyone, hugs and snicks. Until next time, uh, bye-bye. Later. And snacked. <laughs>